Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. I have to tell you something, people. I want to give a shout out, a shout out to my to my great sponsor, Blowfish for Hangovers. And you know, it's football season right now. So you, you know, the playoffs are on. So, you know, my team's out. But when your team's in, you may be out drinking and partying. And if your team's winning, you're drinking more. If your team's losing, you're drinking more. And so the next day, you're going to wake up maybe with a hangover. So here's what you do. You got to get some Blowfish for Hangovers. It's FDA approved as effective and it's real medicine. And all you do is you drop two tablets into a glass of water and boom, your hangover's gone. And if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, it's got a money back guarantee. So you have nothing to lose. So here's what you're going to do, people. You're going to watch your game. You're going to have fun. And then the next day, you're going to avoid that hangover. So go to the website for hangovers. That's F-O-R hangovers.com. And put in when you're checking out, put in the code COOPER. My last name, C-O-O-P-E-R, and you get 20% off. So anyway, we have a great show today. I, uh, I, it's funny. I always cracks up. I send messages on Facebook, people, and I know a lot of these actors, and he's also a sculptor. He's got a lot going on, uh, are, are busy. And, and so it, it always makes, like, it's for me, it makes my day. I sent him a message like 11 months ago. And no, but no, what's great was I got it back. And to me, it's like a present because I'm like, cool. You know, because I send somebody. My guest is Robin Thomas. How you doing, Robin? Hey, I'm good, Steve. How are you? Good. No, because I send a lot out. You know, I send to different actors. Like, you know, I know your work. And then all of a sudden I see you on TV. I see you on something. And I say to my girlfriend, push the info button. And I get whatever episode that is. And I get the name. And then I send a message using on Facebook. But now... But a lot of times the messages get lost. But I was very happy when you got back at me because I was like, "Oh my God!" I looked; it was it was a while ago. Uh, that's that's very sweet. I, I was very honored. It's it's very cool. Very very cool. Now, are, are you a, are you a big Facebook guy? Do you go on the Facebook a lot, or, or, or are you just someone who hangs out? I use, with it? I use Facebook. I, I go on it pretty much every day. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a Facebook uh, addict. I guess you know. Yep, mm-hmm. Insta- Instagram. My kids uh, got me into Instagram, so I'm I'm doing that. Yep. Yeah. Do you do the Snapchat? I definitely check it out and uh, like it. So cool. How about you? I I I, I do the I Snapchat. I don't do the Snapchat. I do the Instagram, the Twitter. Oh, you're you're Facebook. you're very. Oh, I was gonna say hit a Snapchat. You're very you're you're very youthful. <laughs> no, I I can't do that. My girlfriend started doing it with friends, and I I don't get it. I just look at his pictures and I go, I don't I don't understand it. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. now. You're now. Are you, are you a football fan at all? I am. I am. I'm, my Giants were my. You know, I went to school in Pittsburgh. I went to Carnegie Mellon, and uh, so uh, Terry Bradshaw was hot stuff when I was a kid, and he was you know doing his thing, and and uh, so uh, so the Steelers, and and then I lived for 14 years in New York, and I got brother and sister in New York. I'm from the East Coast, so uh, you know I, I wanted the Giants, but uh, you know, but you know. Aaron's Aaron's good, so uh, go for it. Exactly, I'm an Eagles fan, but we both hate the Cowboys, so that's what counts. <laughs> so, so you you grew up in Carlisle, PA. Now, yeah. now, at what as a kid did you want to act? And I know you also sculpt. Or were you what as a what were you like as a kid? Were you someone who saw TV and wanted to act, or someone who saw something in art and wanted to follow the arts? How did you get? In, how did you get involved? And as a kid, was your family involved in, not, not in the a, arts? None of, none of the above. None of the above. So I, I actually, I was born in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, which uh, just for for your uh, listeners' uh, 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 edification, um, that's uh, Jim Thorpe. 
uh, you know, that was that's where he was uh, from, and and uh, I was born there, lived there for a year, and then my my family mo uh, moved to Harrisburg. So I was really raised in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, capital estate. And when I was a kid, I was uh, um, I was a nerd. I was really a, a, a nerd. I was into science. I uh, uh, when I was growing up, uh, uh, you know, it was. Uh, Going to space, Sputnik, and 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 uh, remember, uh, President Kennedy said, "Well, you know, okay, guys, uh, we got to get there first. So, so everything was science when I was a kid. My my dad was a dentist, and um, uh, so I I was really I did I did a um, I remember I did a four year science project called the X radiation of Tribolium confusum. Okay. Yeah. So every day I go, out, I convince this guy, the head radiologist at the hospital in Harrisburg, to let me take these little wheat beetles and stick them under an X-ray machine, and I, I'd get up at night and I'd look at them under a microscope, and their wings would be all twisted, and some of them are dead, and all. So anyway, I won won the National Academy of Science, Junior Academy of Science and the Capital Area Science Fair, and but then, then what happened is I went away to school to a boarding school in Pennsylvania called Merseburg Academy for my last two years uh, in, in high school. And, um, and all of a sudden, I, I discovered, uh, oh, there's something else other than, than science. So I wasn't, I, I wasn't a football player. Um, I, I ended up playing lacrosse, but, um, and I, it was really a four-year school, and I was kind of nobody there. And, and I was sitting at dinner uh, my first night. And actually, the the, the, uh, the quarterback of the football team comes up to the guy who's sitting at the front of the table, and might have my head down, you know, just down because I'm, I'm I don't know anything or anybody. And and uh, this guy says, "Hey, so what do you what do we do? Who are we playing this year?" And then he says, "Oh, we're playing this this school." And then he says, "What are we doing? Oh, we're doing Starlight 17." And and I thought, hmm. So I ran to the library after dinner, and I got Starlight 17. And uh, it was a play. Remember, it was a movie with uh, William Holden. It was a play first, and then William Holden it was about a an angry young guy who uh, everybody misunderstood, but ended up uh, being uh, the hero. It was a war movie, and uh, and I said, "Oh, that's 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 me. That's a that's a cool part. I want to do that." So that was really the start. That's how I started uh, getting interested in acting. Was at this school and. And then you know, was in plays and uh, ended up going to Carnegie uh, Carnegie uh, for a summer session. Um, liked it, uh, applied. You know, had to had to audition and and got accepted and and uh, you know went to Carnegie Mellon as an acting student. That's you know what's amazing is, and I never knew this until a few years ago. I knew Carnegie Mellon was a great uh, engineering school, but it, it's such a, a very highly respected. Acting school too. That must yeah. have been that must have been a uh, for you. It must have been a sense of somewhat accomplishment because you, you when you think about it, you got into having an interest of acting later in later in your high school years, and to get into it, yeah. I mean, there's there's kids who are getting turned down to that school have been acting since they were five. So you must have been that must have been for you. Did you know that that was a, a major accomplishment at the time? Did you know how big of an acting school it was? Well, I knew it was a good one, and and I had a, a, a kind of a mentor at, at the school that I was going to, and he he was an artist, and uh, you know it's funny because my dad uh, may rest in peace. My dad was a uh, 
when he was a kid, he was a very talented artist. He could render from life. It really, really skilled. But uh, he grew up during the Depression, and his dad said, no art for you, pal. And uh, so he he uh, he became a dentist. Um, but uh, so my dad liked this this guy, uh, this teacher for this professor there, and uh, identified with him because he was a, a, an artist. And he was also the acting coach and director. And I, I know that Joe Adams, where, wherever you are, Joe Adams, God bless you. But uh, uh, he allayed my dad's fear. You know, here I'm the youngest of three, and uh, you know, none of neither of my my uh, my mother nor my sister went into the arts. So uh, it was unconventional, and uh, he he said, "No, he's he's okay. He's okay, Bernie. It's okay. Let him let him do his thing. He he's going to be okay. He's." He's, he has a shot. So my dad and mom uh, were supportive of, of my choice. And I did know that Carnegie was a really good school. We, we, I, I looked at Carnegie and I looked at uh, NYU and um, maybe Northwestern. And, uh, and, and uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I did know. And I was like uh, over, over the top of getting in. I mean, it was like a pretty prestigious place. Now, Still did, is. Now, did you learn a lot? in school that helped you in your career later or was it also was it just sure. uh, uh you just or you or did you find more knowledge than you you thought you would find uh, um well that's an interesting question i i i learned a lot i uh, i didn't stay in the program though i i stayed in i was an actor at carnegie for two years my uh finished my sophomore year but ended up I, this was in the 60s. It was uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in Vietnam and and, uh, and and stuff like that. And and I said, you know what, uh, this is I don't I don't want to do this. This is no, I don't like it. I, it. It was very clicky. I thought there were lots of clicks and and you know uh, and and so I and I thought, oh, all the professors. I w- I started getting a little jaded and thought, well, if you can't do it, then you teach it. So which is wrong which is wrong, but that's the way I was thinking as a kid. So I ended up, um, it's, a, it's a long story, but the short version is I ended up in the art department, which is in its own right a kind of outrageous thing too because Carnegie has uh, one of the top art conservatory schools in the country too. So people like Philip Perlstein and Andy Warhol and the whole slew of you know, great artists went to Carnegie as, as artists. So anyway, I, I got into the uh, art department. My I went back after, well, through through sociology and then for a semester and then into the art department and graduated Carnegie with a degree in sculpture. So you graduated. So now what was your plans to do? Were you planning to go into the art field? What were you going to do when you once you graduated? Where where did it lead you? You went to New York, I, right? I stayed I stayed in I stayed in Pittsburgh uh, for the summer, and I worked and uh, I worked all my summers actually, and in, in, uh, uh, you know, and and I saved nine hundred bucks. I was able to save nine hundred bucks, and I went to uh, and I wanted to go to New York. I said, well, you know, being an artist, I'm going to you know go to New York, New York City, and uh, I did have my brother was. My older brother uh, was in New York, so it wasn't like I went there totally in, in, the, in the hinterlands. But uh, um, I, I had a sublet. I wanted to sculpt, and I, I had a sublet for a, 
a month, my brother got me, uh, a friend of his had a little apartment in the village and uh, I took that, but it was an apartment building and it was expensive. And I stayed there for a month and then I moved seven times my first year in New York. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, but I eventually uh, started doing stuff slowly. And uh, I, I spent, <laughs> this is funny, I spent 600 bucks of my 900 uh, to make a series of silkscreen prints. And then I hit the streets and I would go to like little framing shops and sell these things. They were like 24 by 24 inches a piece. There were three images I made. And I'd sell, I'd sell them for like two bucks a, a piece. Uh, or I'd go into the CVS building, a big, huge black building in the 50s. And I'd, I'd go out and found my way up to the the art department and uh, who's in charge of buying corporate arts. They sold all of each one for 80 bucks. I put up a table in front of uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I sold sold them there. I so actually supported myself for like about six months selling those things. And um, and then eventually I, I ended up, uh, I, I met a guy at a bar. There was one bar in Soho. When I was, when I went to New York, there was, there was one bar the Broom Street Bar, and um, O.K. Harris Gallery, and that was it. Everything else was totally industrial, and I, I, I loved it. And uh, But anyway, I met I met this kid who was an NYU law student. We were talking, and he said, oh, I got – somebody wants to you know, build a, a firewall in a loft. I said, oh, hey, why don't we do it together? I got, I got, I got some tools out there. I got the, uh, the hand, hand knowledge and uh, good with my hands. And so long story short, I – Ultimately, I had a contracting company, and uh, and that's that's I. For years, I, I did I would find a job, finish it, and then I'd sculpt it as long as I could afford to, and then somehow miraculously I, I'd find another job. I don't know how I did it, but uh, that's that's the way it was. And my coolest, you stop me anytime, it gets boring. Stop no, me it's no, it's fascinating that you're doing that. I mean, it's it's you're doing all these things. You were sculpting. Well, you're doing this, and it sounds like you're loving life. How yeah. did you? How did this parlay into acting? I mean, well, I mean, happened, you... what happened was I, I, I had a, I had a great job. My last, my last really big job. I actually renovated one of John Lennon, John and Yoko Lennon's apartments in the Dakota, and it was this wow. huge job. And and uh, and then three months later, he was he was uh, killed, and that was that sort of threw me uh, for a loop. And and um, and I, um, I I I. When I turned 30, the short version is when I turned 30, uh, I made this decision to um, revisit acting. And I sold my, I had a loft on Waverly between uh, 6th and 7th, this beautiful windows, three sides, 10th floor is incredible. And, and um, uh, I, I, in one fell swoop, I called up this guy who I used to see at these auctions, this, this, this uh, guy who I used to bid against for tools. I said, you want to you want to buy all my you want to buy my shop? He came over, four guys cleaned out my shop in four hours, and um, uh, and I started I went and started studying again. I mean, I just said I'm making a big change. I wasn't married at the time, and um, so it's just me. And I, I had uh, saved enough money to you know keep me going for a little bit, not not a hell of a long time, but just a little bit, like maybe. Oh, maybe six months, maybe. And um, 
I, I found the, I found this guy uh, named Frank Carsaro who had an acting class. Frank uh, uh, was a great acting teacher, and he was uh, he directed the first he directed uh, the first production of Hat Full of Rain at the Actors Studio. He was an Actors Studio guy, um, and uh, he had a great master's acting class. I auditioned. I got, I got in, which was <laughs> shocking, and then um, I took a commercial acting class just to see if I really wanted to do it, you know, at a place called Louise Barron. I don't even know if they're still there. Oh, yeah, there's actually, there's one. I live in Burbank. There's there's one on uh, Magnolia. So <laughs> there you go. So they've survived too. So anyway, I, I did that and I went, oh, yeah, I can do this. And and um, so, you know, that's, and then a, what, what ultimately kicked off my career in New York was that I got a group of friends together, six of us, couple of them were in this commercial acting class and we got together and we decided we were going to do an evening of scenes a showcase and uh so for anybody who's who, any if, if you have any young actors out there listening to this this is this is uh really a true story so so and the value of doing uh, uh showcases and waiver theater we call it out here in, in la but is is valuable but um we got together we uh Six of us, we looked at all these plays. We chose, uh, let's see, we chose uh, six, six plays. Um, we chose a, one director. We decided to call ourselves An Actor's Affair is Good in Bed and um, because we had one set, which was a bedroom. We had an arc to the evening, different plays with different, you know, first needing and infatuation, Romance, marriage, separation, divorce, reconciliation. So there was an arc to the evening. Rented the Nathorn Theater, which was this little theater on 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 Forty uh, Second Street between Tenth and Eleventh. Uh, Sunday night and Monday night, which are which are dark nights in the theater, so we got it cheap. Sent out ultimately three thousand invitations, a thousand at a time, flyers and postcards and wedding type invitations. Turn, had full full houses turn people standing room and uh, uh, we each did one scene each of us and uh, they, the director cast and cast other people and and as a result the the last to the second night this the, these two gals come up to me and uh, one of the one of this, this older woman she says uh, hi you that was terrific do you know who I am and I said well no I, I apologize I don't and she said well I'm Betty Ray and and uh, I cast as the world turns, and this is my daughter Dee, and she is an agent. Susan Smith, you have an agent? And I said, Well, actually, I, I just left my agent. And she said, Well, how'd you like to audition for uh, As the World Turns? I said, Well, yeah, yes, I would. And she said, Well, good. You talk to Dee, and she left. And and um, Susan Smith happened to be a, a great uh, boutique agency in New York, really prestigious, almost impossible to get represented by them. I mean, Kathy Bates and, and Brian Dennehy and that and, and you know that caliber actor, and so I, I auditioned for this thing. Now I was I was doing you know off 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 Broadway plays and stuff like that. Maybe I had a commercial, but you know I was just struggling along. And I get this year contract on As the World Turns, and boom, that was it. So you got that. I mean, basically, you you were proactive. You made you made things happen with this with this uh, production, and yep. you got. Did you when you left that first audition for the As the World Turns? Did you feel that 
you had the part or how was your, what was your feeling when you left? Uh, well, um, you know, it's, it, so here's an interesting, interesting thing about that. I, my, my mom was, um, sick, uh, not, not well at the day that I had, and she, she my folks were living in, in Harrisburg at, uh, at the time. And I remember she wasn't, she wasn't well. And, um, I was pretty upset about that. And so I went into the audition and I, I, I nailed it obviously because I got the role, but, but it was, it was a kind of thing where I was kind of in this zone where I really was not thinking about the audition. I just was, uh, just so open and vulnerable. And, um, uh, I walked out and I, I, I knew I did a good job. And then I just forgot about it because I, I think I probably called my mom and, and that was it. And then all of a sudden I, I get this job and my mom got better, obviously, or not obviously, she got better. And I, I you know, was on, I had a career now. So, um, yeah, it so, was a weird kind of thing. So you were on the soap opera for a year? Yeah. And then, and then now, is that when you went and you went to another soap opera or? I did. I went, I did As the World Turns for a year and then I, uh, got a two-year contract on another world and which was really cool and and then I, I got married uh pretty i think uh like in the in the first year i got married but uh morgan freeman uh was on the show uh he was playing a, a cop i was playing uh a, a senator and um it was it was really great i'll tell you a, a great uh, my my cool story with Morgan, who's a great guy. And, and, uh, we, we had this big, huge multi-wedding thing on Long Island with the, the whole cast. There were, there, there were, uh, there were two weddings simultaneously and the whole cast was in this, there were like a hundred extras and, 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 uh, Morgan and I got broken for lunch and we're heading to the, uh, to the, to the trailer to, uh, to get lunch. Uh, and we're, get, we're going down this sort of hill and all of the extras are sitting like, I don't know, 120 feet, maybe 200 feet away on this other side of this property. And they're sitting there. They're waiting to get broken for lunch. And Morgan and I are walking down and we're just we're, we're talking. And all of a sudden, all of the extras all at the same time, just like a stampede headed towards towards the uh, the lunch tent. And they weren't really broken. And all, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Morgan and I turn to each other and we go <laughs> and we like mad dogs we just growled at each other I don't, I don't know where it came from and then ever since anytime we'd see each other in the morning we either he he'd sneak up to me and, and he, so we wouldn't say hello or good morning to each we just growl at each other that's so, funny so so now you did the soap opera for two years and now now when did you decide to start branching out into la or I mean, well, no, Another World was shot in New York or L.A.? Yeah, it was shot in Brooklyn, actually. Okay. Yeah, so, we, we go to Brooklyn. So yeah. you're in, on the soap opera. Now, when do you decide to branch out to L.A.? Or is it something that you want to stay well, with soap I, operas? Or what happened? Well, what happened was I uh, we, uh, we had a daughter, uh, Zoe, uh, and that's uh, uh, my second year towards, towards the end. And, you know, I um, kind of had my 
fill of soaps. It was a great training ground for me, and it was. And I mean, it's a, it's an amazing. Uh, it's like going to the gym uh, in, in in a hard way because some you know sometimes I'd have forty pages of dialogue to memorize a day. I was on an A storyline a couple times during that two year period. Um, and I'd have a lot, you know, so it's, it's great to, to exercise that muscle, that, that, that memorization muscle and being able to, and we didn't have cue cards. We didn't have, uh, teleprompters and like, so you had to know your stuff. And so that was really cool. But, but creatively for me, it kind of like was, uh, I, I wanted to do other stuff. Um, and so I chose not to renew the contract. And which was kind of uh, crazy because we just had a kid. But um, we took a vacation out to California, and it was just a vacation, really. Not to, I never thought I'd be a, an L.A. guy. I always thought I'd be back, back east. But um, my, my wife, my ex-wife now, but um, my wife at the time, uh, uh, we went out there. She had a sister who was living out there. We went, and my agents have, had offices on both coasts, Susan. And she said, uh, I called her up just to say hi, just to be courteous. And she said, hey, well, you're going to go out and audition. I said, no, 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 I'm not. I, I, no. And she said, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And she said, get your ass out there or that's it. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So I did and I got a gig. And, I, and then I got another one. And we're still on vacation. And then I got another one. So I got a couple of guest leads and an MOW and I... I said, I said to Gina, I said, well, I think maybe we should uh, move out here. So God bless her. She went back with our daughter, packed up, and uh, I stayed and worked. And then she came out uh, two weeks later and, and been here you know, 30 years, I guess. Yeah. Well, during that time, I mean, when you first moved out in Newark, now you were you were – Recurring on who's the boss and on Matlock was that? Yeah, was yeah. that quick? Was that very quickly yeah. after you moved here? Pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, I did a whole slew of Matlock, and um, it's funny the who's the boss thing. Uh, I went to school uh, talking about Carnegie. Uh, Judith Light is a Carnegie Mellon graduate, and she and I were class. She's she was a year ahead of me, but we're, we were classmates, and um, so I get this opportunity to audition for that, and. I guess they were to be her boyfriend, to be uh, Jeffrey with a G, and um, and I thought, oh, that's cool. And again, now I get to uh, you know maybe I'll get to audition for Judith, and it was for a recurring role, and and I was basically new in town, and they were looking for this guy all over the place, this 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 actor to play, and I I remember the final audition, uh, the, what they call the network audition. I was in her, uh, the waiting. I was in the the room, the, the the green room, so to speak, uh, with six other guys. There were six guys. There were six of us, and all these every. I swear, I swear to God, every every other actor was wearing a blue blazer and either tan or gray uh, slacks and a tie, and and they all didn't look like me. And I'm wearing, I was wearing uh, my one suit, which happened to be a, a, a gray Armani suit that I had. That was it. That was a, a splurge. I did one suit I had. I, and here I am, this dark-haired guy uh, in, my, in my Armani suit, kind of East Coast kind of looking. And, and, uh, and all these other guys who were uh, more uh, California kind of guys. And I said, oh, okay, well, whatever, what the hell. 
I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just have fun. Screw it. So I was the last one to go in, which is the worst, you know, it's the worst. And I get in and who's there? There's 15, 15 suits, you know, sitting there in this room, uh, executives and uh, men and women. And there's Tony Danza and Judith. And, and uh, they say, hey, Robin, uh, how you doing? Okay. You ready? I said, sure. So I do a scene with Judith and it went great. And, and then it's time for me to do a scene with Tony. And now it's my audition scene for this big part. And Tony gets up and he stands right in the center of the room, right in the center of the performing <laughs> st- the st- stage of the, for what it was, you know. And, <laughs> and I went, okay. And there's one point where I'm, I'm supposed to show him a diamond ring that I got for Angela, for Judith's character. And I, I go up to him and I, I open this little, I pretend that I had this little box and I open it up and I, I put my arm around Tony, around his shoulder. And I'm like, you know, grabbing onto him and the whole room went, oh, oh my God. Oh, he touched, he touched Tony. He touched Tony. Oh my God. Oh, oh. and we're, we're, I'm joking around with him and joking and, you know, Danza loved it. Everybody else was like, oh, my God, he touched the star. He can't do that. And they thanked me. And I can remember Tony's laughing and saying, yeah, good job, kid. And I walked out. And uh, then I, I, I got this role, which was really cool. It was, it was, a, great, it was a great recurring role. Now, how fun, fun comedic thing. Were you allowed? I mean, back then, it seems like people, you know, could have been on a lot of different shows. It seems like when you look at your IMDb, you were you were a Matlack and who's the boss pretty much at the same time. Was how did you yeah. how did you juggle that? I mean, did you have to check with one or check with the other? Oh, or? Yeah. oh sure, sure, sure. I, I mean, um, yep, availability and uh, it, but it worked out. It just it just worked out. Now, what was and it? Sometimes sometimes on Matlock, uh, which was an hour show, I'd only have like uh, three 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 days or four days spread over eight days. Let's say. Uh, when you, when I did Who's the Boss, which was done multi-camera, um, in a, so you go to basically it's doctor's hours. You go to work nine to five, really, for five days. That that's you know, so you can't do anything else while you're doing uh, that kind of sitcom, which um, which was cool. But you know, yeah, I, I managed, but yeah. And then along the road, then you you summer school came along, which yeah. Which, you know, is one of those things, Dean's been on my show, Dean Cameron, and my friend, my friend, my, yeah. and my friend Patrick O'Sullivan did a play yep. version of Summer School, I think it was mm. a, year and a, half, a year and a half ago. Yes, I remember, remember hearing about that, yep. And uh, now, did, when, you, when you auditioned for that movie, I mean, it, it was a quirky 80s movie. Did you think it would have legs like it still does? Like, <laughs> people, people still know that movie, like... You know, yeah, and, it's, and a, it's it, like a cult classic. Yeah. I know it's amazing. I mean, people even still talk to me about it. It's it's it's, it's hilarious. What was that I mean, like no. auditioning for that? Did you think? I mean, did, when you read, I, did no, 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 man. I just, I just, uh, it was just a, a gig. But except <laughs> with Mark Harmon, who I knew, and Carl Reiner. I mean, come on. So it's like, you know, it was a studio picture. It was done at, uh, I guess it was. Uh, was it was it Fox or Paramount? I I can't now. I can't. I just can't remember. But but um, uh, let's see. What was it? Paramount. It was Paramount. Yeah, it was Paramount. And um, I I remember the audition. Uh, I again went in my suit and tie, and it was uh, it was. I only had one audition for that, and that was with Carl and Mark. 
and I'd go to the little bungalow, and they're there, and, uh, uh, and you know, it was Carl Reiner who was like, oh, my God, he's like an icon, you know, and, and, and Harmon at the time was, was a, you know, he was a big, uh, he was a big name. So, and I auditioned, I read with Mark, and it was, it was really fun, and, and Carl couldn't have been sweeter, and, um, uh, I mean, it was uh, one of those kind of rare audition things that was even even though it was and and, and of course and Kirstie Alley too who was hot at that time also it was it was um, uh, just a, it was a great experience it was relaxed and fun and 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 I had no idea that uh, none, you never do really I mean even on big budget stuff you don't know you you don't know if it's going to be great or suck you know it's just uh, so many factors fall into place editing and, and uh, how they're how they're telling the story story does your stuff make it onto the, you know, the screen and you know it's just you never know so after you got done that did you want to keep pursuing movies because you've done so many tv shows and so many really good tv shows or where right. were you as an actor after that were you getting pilot offers or were you getting i mean because that was it seems like back in those you know that time it was like if you had a few guest stars, you know, pilots would come along and everyone talks about the pilots. What was going on in your career? Were you on a bridge where you said, I really want to concentrate on movies or concentrate on TV? Or you said, I just want to act. Well, well I mean, I, I just wanted to act, but I, I, I mean, I always wanted to do movies. I always thought that that was, a, a, a you know, at that point in time in the, in the business, it was um, not like it is now where, where the, the, uh, it's just a, a whole new environment now where actors do TV, do series, do guest stars, do movies, do leads in movies. I mean, it's just everybody's doing everything. Back then, that wasn't quite the case. But um, so I ultimately I wanted to do movies, and I did a bunch of really good ones. You know, I mean, I did uh, uh, about last night with Demi Moore and, and, and Rob Lowe and, and uh, Belushi and. and uh, 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 Jim Belushi and uh, uh, just so many good people, and and that was Ed Zwick's, I think, first movie, and um, you know, a bunch of a bunch of good movies. But um, TV was always has always been and and continues to be my bread and butter, and and uh, so I'm grateful for that. I mean, I, you know. Well, yeah. Well, what's cool is though, also you know, as you as you look at your career, you've parlayed between you know comedy and drama. I mean, even like when you you know you know you did the Mommies, which was a sitcom. I mean, yep. And was mm-hmm. that was that one of your first like regular? I mean, yes. you recurred a lot, but was that your first regular gig? That was my first regular gig. Yes. And, and how did that come about? And were you excited? And then what happens yep. when you have that gig and it ends? Because I mean, what, what what went through your mind when you finally got that first regular gig? Even though you've been working and making a great living, what was it like when you finally said, man, I got I got a series? Over the top. It's like winning the lottery. I mean, it's just, uh, it truly is. Because, first of all, the, 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 pay, the pay is better and it's steady. I mean, it's, least, it's at least, uh, you know, at that time it was at least, they were doing, well, let's see, I'm trying to remember what our first order was. I guess it was... 12 or yeah i think it was 12 or 13 and then they ordered what's called the back nine so it was, so but anyway it's 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 months and months of steady work at a, at a really good pay not not what it is now but it was still it was really good and um 
And I was thrilled. Are you kidding me? First of all, uh, the, the, the other actor, the two of us were acting, were auditioning together for the husbands of, uh, uh, of the mommies. And it was David Duke, may, his, uh, may he rest in peace, and myself. And David, um, I knew David from New York. He, he's, he was a terrific uh, New York actor. And, and I, you know, that's, those are my bones, too. I mean, that's where I learned on theater and stage and and, uh, and he was terrific he was just a great guy and uh, so i respected him and the gals were hilarious they, I, w- I went to see their stand-up act because i had auditioned I, I i auditioned and then i had to do net, another network but between the time that i auditioned first uh, uh for producers and then the network i think was maybe uh, week, and during that time, the girls had a stand-up act, and they were performing. So I went to uh, went to see them, and they were hilarious, raunchy, and funny, and edgy, and really funny. So I was totally stoked and looking forward to this. And and uh, you know, I mean, I mean, what actor doesn't want to do a series? There, I mean, maybe there are some, but <laughs> I don't know too many. Of my peers that wouldn't uh, wouldn't want to so yeah it was really fun and um uh yeah so you do, you do that and then it lasts for a season and now you're you're yeah. back to working again and you're doing a lot of recurring and then well yep. then you did queer folk queer as folk what also also a fun show because the character was was just a kick-ass character it was a misogynistic uh, chauvinistic Actors, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's like kind of kind of seems to go hand in hand sometimes. But uh, artist, uh, so famous artist character from New York, just so full of himself, and uh, he he thinks that he can just bed every, every anything that's walking. And uh, so I I end up uh, having this uh, this affair with uh, the actress uh, Taya Gill, who played the uh, blonde-haired uh, lesbian of the to the the couple and and it was shot in toronto which was a cool place to work location that was really fun and it was just the writing was really great and the character was really great because i could be a uh, a real cad and yet not be a total asshole i could be charming and and be you know um funny and and a little scary and it was just a great role i for me i love that role and taya was fantastic now taya. what what kind of i mean what kind of roles were you getting auditions for then i mean because you know it seems like you know you're going with a suit you go for the boyfriend were they all an upper crust or an arrogant pompous person or a lawyer or doctor were you well, ever were you ever when getting I got, when i first got to california i was everybody's boyfriend or husband or lover that's what I did, and that was cool because I worked with a lot of incredible women, you know, Candace Bergen and 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 Jamie Lee uh, Curtis, and you know, I mean, just it was ridiculous. It was and, and Judith and you know, all these all these strong women. It was really really great. So I played, um, and now I I did get cast as a cop, which was unusual for me. Uh, I usually got cast as um, you know, husbands, doctors, boyfriends, lawyers. Uh, uh, but then I got caught, you know, a cop, which was really cool. And then I started transitioning into these 
more dramatic, darker things, which I liked. I like I like both. I like comedy and drama. So um, it was a real mix of stuff for me. Um, um, but yeah, I I haven't really been cast a lot as uh, as uh, as a working class stiff. Um, uh, which, which is too bad because, you know, that's cool. I like, I like those roles. They're, 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 you know, they're fun to play because there's usually, um, injury and, and, and vulnerability in those kinds of guys that are, that's masked by, you know, kind of different kind of behavior. So that, that those, those, those characters are always great to play. So now anyway. you're, you're also on an episode of a cold case. Now did, did, did you die in that episode? Because I, I love that show, and I've had so many guests on that have been on that show and have died. <laughs> uh, on, on Cold Case, I, um, I didn't die. No, my, my, my uh, no, I didn't die. My Neither. son, no, I, I, I'm trying to remember what, what, what happened on that show. I just want to... Because no, because sometimes also, or they were the, or they were the killer. I always wonder. Yeah, I was probably, I was probably the killer, or something. I was probably that. I was probably, I was probably that. I mean, there's one. There, uh, do you remember the show, uh, the practice? Remember that show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I think I'm the only actor that was that was killed three times and went to jail my last time playing four different characters. That that'll never happen in today's world. But on, I was, I did that. I was killed. Four different times on the practice. So you, again, yeah, you that would never happen. I mean, even even no. even like you know, two times on a back in the right. day on a show is amazing. How did did, did they just forget it? Just I mean, how do you keep no, how do you keep slipping through the cracks? I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. They they just you know kept calling me and I just kept going back and I said, yeah, you bet. Now yeah. now, as you know, you're going through your acting career. Were you still? sculpting did you keep in touch with that aspect of uh your life yeah i always uh, I, I i always had a shop and um and uh I, yeah because i like working with my hands and building stuff so um i either you know build stuff in the house or like carpentry and renovate stuff around the house around the house that we that we had uh or uh Make sculpture, and actually, I'm I'm doing stuff again now. I'm, I'm not like I used to make, but different different things. I used to do. Uh, I used to make machines. Actually, I used to. It's kind of like a, a meld between my science and my and and my art. So I used to make these kinetic things with uh, pumps and motors and air and oil and water and blasting through shapes and bubbles and and yeah big things, 10 and a half foot tall pieces and, and tabletop pieces. And, you know, had them, had them in Tiffany's windows two years in a row, had a centerpiece at the Huntsville Museum of Art one year. Malcolm Forbes bought a piece, shipped it to France. So I was actually doing it. You know, I was actually doing stuff. But now I um, am, I'm encapsulating. It's a little hard to describe, but yeah, I'm still doing stuff. Yeah. Now, how did how did Malcolm Forbes find out about your piece? And then also, how did you get your stuff in Tiffany's? Did you have an agent that pursued, or did they just hear word no. of mouth? Or how did this happen? Because that's no, I didn't, have, didn't have, I didn't have an agent. Never had never had a formal gallery. Um, and I, but I I I hustled my I, you know I just hustled. I got into a um, let's see I got into this. The, the Tiffany thing happened because I was I got into a uh, uh, an art 
exhibit that was in Soho, and it was a government-sponsored uh, at 420 Green Street. I remember this place, and it was a government-sponsored gallery sp uh, space in Soho. And um, as part of the, uh, uh, what was what the, uh, uh, not Foundation for the Arts, but um, any anyway, it was it was it was the show that had all the work had to be edible. And there were there were some pretty substantial artists in there, and somehow I got got into this show, and I got I designed a piece that was like eight feet long, hung from the ceiling, and it looked like a kind of like a car radiator. And uh, so it had these uh, half inch tubes, and they were all connected with uh, with these joints, these U connectors that I made, and I pushed and I pumped. Uh, if you can imagine, there's this six eight foot long by uh, four feet tall, uh, kind of radiator hanging from the ceiling with all these tubes and there's water rushing through this being pumped through this thing back and forth left to right right to left and then i introduced air into the water flow so you get these bubbles so you can actually see the flow of water so the bubbles are going back and forth and then i had a little valve at the bottom where the where the people could turn the valve and get a drink of the fluid which was like which was like kool-aid type stuff you know so you can so people could drink the kool-aid and um and one of the a bunch of guys were talking about stuff I was listening to, and they were thinking, "Oh, we're doing we do window displays, you know. We're doing, yeah, I'm doing, I'm going up to the town, and we're doing a black." And I thought, "Window displays? What the hell is that? That sounds pretty interesting." So that evening, after the opening, I go back to my loft, um, and I made a list of uh, all the. I thought that was a cool idea, so I made a list of all the, uh, and I never went past uh, north of 14th Street, so. But I knew about these places. I made the list of all these great stores like Macy's and Bendel's and Bergdorf's and Tiffany's. And, and I prioritized them. And I, Tiffany's was at the top. So the next day, I just made a telephone call. I called up Tiffany's. I said, who's in charge of your window displays? <laughs> and they said, hold on a second. And this guy gets on the phone. And I introduce myself. I say, hi, my name is Robin Grossman. That, that's actually my, my real name is Robin Thomas Grossman. So I said, so, and I, I'm, I'm so-and-so, and I have these things, and they do this, and they do that, and, and uh, I'm interested. And he said, oh, well, that's, that sounds very interesting. Go on, why don't, you, why don't you come over and show me? Come on up and show me. And I said, oh, great. Okay, well, when? He said, well, this afternoon. How about, how about lunchtime? I said, jeez, okay. So I go up to Tiffany's. Keep in mind that I don't venture past 14th Street very much, but I get, went up with some pictures because I didn't have videos of my stuff. And a little piece that I had made, which was uh, called Bamboo, it was a, a cylinder that was about two feet tall, had sections, and it had this really, really heavy, uh, like stand oil, like very heavy oil in it. And you could turn it up and you could watch as it went like like as it went through each section there was a small hole and it would a big bubble would form and it took about 20 minutes to complete the whole thing and anyway i go there i show them my stuff the guys older guys in the 70s in this office up on the upper floors and and uh, i you know go in the back way and uh, the freight elevator and and uh, he's looking at it and 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 then he looks and he turns the piece over guy's name is Gene Moore. I didn't know anything about him. And he looks at it for like 15 minutes. I'm sitting there with not saying anything. He's not saying anything. And he says, well, these are terrific. I'd like you to put your stuff in the windows. And they had five windows. And I said, well, well, uh, okay. What, 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 uh, what, what do you want me to 
what do you want me to design? What, what, what kind of stuff are you going to put in there? He said, no, no, no. Now, you, you, you do your thing. Here's the dimension of each window. You do your thing, and I'll, I'll figure out what, are, what if I want to put a diamond or a ruby in there. You just, you just your thing. I, 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 my mouth was in my navel. I was like, I went, okay. He said, so let's see. Here, here we go. He looks at his book. He says, okay, I got, a, I got an opening in, uh, in November, and this was February. And uh, I said, oh, okay. And he said, oh, what's, uh, you have a problem with that? And I said, well, I was just hoping for something a little, little sooner. He said, oh, really? So he looks at his, opens his book again. He said, well, I just happened to have a space in two weeks. And I looked at him, and I didn't say anything. And he said, you better get, you better get your ass in gear because you got to make five pieces in two weeks. And I just, and he gave me a piece of paper which had the dimension of the windows, which were all the same. And I just uh, walked out. I was in shock. And I took a bus back down to my loft, down Fifth Avenue, all the way down to Washington Square Park, went to my loft, probably jumped up and down, screamed, called my parents, said, don't call me, don't, don't, I'm not talking to you, don't call me, called my friends, said, don't call me, leave me alone. And literally, I went to this place called Sandalinos in the village and uh, designed all five pieces till uh, uh, two o'clock in the morning, uh, went back my loft slept for an hour went back to the place they were open uh, 23 hours a day they were open went back to the place uh, did all the technical stuff and then uh, I, I called my plastic supplier and went to town got maybe three hours sleep if that a night and uh, designed these things and got them in there and um, and two things happened as a result of that. Uh, one, this guy who had the biggest collection of kinetic art in the country, a guy named David Bermant, um, who had Calders and you know Bashay Brothers, all these really famous kinetic artists, um, bought one of my pieces. And then uh, Malcolm, concurrently, I had an article in New York Magazine in Best Bets. And Malcolm Forbes saw that. He said that he went up to the, he and his son went up to the Tiffany's thing, looked at the things, and then called me up in my loft. Um, this was like maybe a week after these things were in there. And, uh, and the Forbes uh, magazine building is, is, you know, like, I don't know, if it was like six blocks from where I, I, my loft was. So they literally walked over to my studio, his son, his son and, and, and himself, and, uh, you know, commissioned me to do a piece that they shipped to to France. Wow. So that's how that happened. That's awesome. <laughs> so 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 you you had this great acting career, sculpting career. Now you're you're still acting a lot. Now what yeah. was it what was it like uh you 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 were on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which was one of those shows that became very popular. I love that show. What What was that? Was that? Did you audition for that, or were you offered yeah. that? Or no? Now, who do you run into in the audition room? Like, who are the guys? Because you know, there's you, you have to see certain guys every once in a while. Yeah, oh, sure, for sure. Yeah, um, that's a that's a great question because I do run into the uh, to the same faces uh, frequently. Um, you know, I can't. I I honestly can't remember who was in that room when I was waiting. But I, I I remember going in there, and I knew that it was. You know, it was a. You had to you had to sing and dance for this thing, and I, well, I just kind of like forgot about that. I didn't have to do that as part of the audition, but I went in and I just I did my thing, and it was for a casting casting person, and 
And then he said, um, he said to me, uh, do, do, do it this way. You know, he gave me an adjustment and I, I did it. Felt pretty good about it, but you know, that, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and then walked out and so I don't, I don't remember, but I, you know, I'll, I'll see Peter, I'll see Michael Nuri or, or uh, frequently, or, and I auditioned for stuff, um, Harry Hamlin. I mean, I, it's just a lot of, a lot of guys that, you know, right. that, uh, that, that audition, that read. I mean, everybody reads today. People that you would think don't read actually still it's, auditions. It's crazy. Now you also did Fuller House. What was that like? Because that's like a yeah. whole a whole new. I mean, so many kids. Everyone like older people were watching that. Younger people were watching it. That must have been pretty good. exciting. That was that's amazing. So that's that's kind of a, a, a serendipitous thing because uh, uh, um, Franklin, the, uh, the the executive producer, um, uh, called my, called my agent up and said, uh, "How would Robin like to uh, like to do Fuller House?" And my agent called me up and says, "How would you like to do Fuller House?" And I said. <laughs> Yeah. So they offered, he offered, and he uh, co-wrote Summer School. And he remember, and I had never worked with him before, or since, rather. And he remembered me from Summer School. And um, and the funny thing is, my character was called Dr. Harmon, as, as in Mark Harmon. So, so in, in Fuller House, the character is called Dr. Harmon. So anyway, uh, uh, I, I was offered that, and and it was really cool because... It's it's a throwback. The, the way they film it is totally a throwback to the '80s. So it's with it's in front of an audience. It's multi-camera. Not, not many shows done that way nowadays. Usually single camera on film. Not some some are, but very few. And um, and I didn't know any of the cast members, uh, but they were all. I mean, I worked with the gals. I didn't work with Stamos and, and uh, or any of the guys um, uh, from the from the original show. I worked with the girls, and they were all just amazing. And I'll tell you a funny. I'll tell you the, the the craziest thing that happened. I was driving to work one day about eight o'clock in the morning. I had an eight thirty call, and I get a call in my car, and the first AD says, "Where the hell are you?" And I said, "I'm I'm coming to work." And he, and he said, "Well." Well, where are you? And I said, well, I'm, I'm at, uh, you know, Laurel Canyon on the 101. And he said, well, get your ass in here right away because I'm going to have a golf cart meet you at the parking lot because we're doing a dance number and you're in the, and you're in the dance number, the Bollywood number. And I, I had no idea. And I said, well, I'm in a dance number? He said, yeah, yeah. And he hungs up and hangs up. And, and I'm going, oh, my God, I got to do a Bollywood dance number? And I was terrified because that's tough, man. That's those... Bollywood dance is really, it's great to watch, but it's tough to do. And it was the most fun, craziest thing that, uh, you know, of any of the sitcom stuff that I've ever had to do. That was, that was the craziest, most fun thing to do. And we did it and, uh, had the, um, the guy who was teaching us was apparently the Bollywood dance guy in the United States. And, uh, and so we did this, um, you know, it's Bollywood dance, man. <laughs> See, so that's Paul, awesome. Paul did the Bollywood dance. Now, now, do you ever get on stage anymore? Yeah, the last I liked, I used to do. A, a, I used to be on stage. Uh, at least the hiatus, I try to do at least one a year since I came out here. The last thing I did was two years ago uh, at the Geffen Theater, which is a beautiful theater in uh, in Westwood near UCLA, and. I did a piece called Time Stand Still, which was a world premiere uh, by a 
Pulitzer-winning playwright, New York guy named Donald Margulies, and directed by a guy named Dan Sullivan, who is like Mr. New York. He's, he's just a brilliant New York theater director. And it was a four-character play with Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad, played the wife in Breaking Bad. Uh, Alicia Silverstone, who she and I played boyfriend-girlfriend and then ultimately husband-wife in the play. And a guy named David Harbour, who uh, was a New York guy and now is, is doing a great series on uh, FX. Or I can't remember. Is it, is it strange, Stranger Places or Stranger Things? I don't know. So he's, he's, he's killing it. So it was just four of us. And uh, it was fantastic. So, yeah, I try to do a play. I haven't done one like that was a couple of years ago. So well, that's I'm awesome. Doing- that's cool. You need to get back up on there. We got to see you live, you know? People, yeah, people yeah love I, lo- that. I love it. I do love it. Yep. Well, cool, man. I, 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 we got to go soon. Uh, what's coming up for you? What can we see you in soon? Well, I just finished the thing in Ohio called Legacy with uh, Peter Stormar and Justin Chatwin, and I play a mob mob, uh, mob guy, mob boss, actually, uh, Angelo Leonetti. And I get I get to have people whacked a little bit, and then, uh, you know. Um, and that's probably not coming out till well probably may that's you know so that's the latest thing that i that's the last thing i did so and are you auditioning are you going out there yep auditioning yep mm-hmm. absolutely yeah well good man you, you keep you, your your imdb it's like it's like every show i've seen it's like it's, it's amazing it's like uh, you, thanks steve i appreciate it no, thank I, you hey i'm a journeyman actor i love it i i've made a living for you know over 30 years and i'm i'm incredibly grateful to be able to to do that, so I'm like, as a college, it's 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 awesome. It's I'm awesome. Really, well, I, really, I want to thank you for coming on. Now, 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 you said you Instagram a lot. What's your Instagram? Yeah. it's called Naborski Robin Gro- <laughs> Naborski Robin Grossman. Naborski is Robin backwards with an S K Y. So I don't know, you have to figure that one out. But yeah, that's it. That's my handle, Naborski Robin Grossman. N I B O R S K Y Robin Grossman. And, and what do you post up there? Uh. Acting stuff, family stuff, um, yeah, stuff, yeah, cool. life stuff. That's awesome. So people follow him on Instagram. Follow uh, me that's, on it's kind. Thanks, man. Yeah, you got it. And follow me on Instagram. I'm Cooper Talk One. I do a lot of. Uh, you got I, it. I do a lot of um, uh, food stuff because people just so you know. Uh, you guys know what I always tell my listeners a few years ago, I had a health problem. So I, I wrote a cookbook when I got to the hospital and it's called wow. stop the salt.com. It's 120 low sodium recipe, uh, 120 low sodium recipes. Very easy to make. No pictures to intimidate you people. No, uh, no big list of ingredients and stuff you have in your house. Go buy it. You can get it at barnesandnoble.com. You can get it at amazon.com, but people buy it at stop the salt.com. I'll sign it for you and I make more money. And also, Words with Friends, I'm Cooper Talk One. Don't forget Twitter, I'm at Cooper Talk. And go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over 580 episodes up there. Every uh, posting two or three episodes a week, I'll be posting, you know, you're hearing Robbins, and next week I'll have new guests, and so you listen to it, and you follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk to see what's going on. Email me, Cooper, at coopertalk.net. So, yeah, so go check out Robin Thomas on IMDb. Look at all yes, his great do. works and Pick go watch. Thank you. Yeah, Thank and, you and go watch some of his stuff. You have the Netflix. You can find his stuff. Go do that. Go Robin find Thomas. him. RobinThomas.com. You can check out stuff there too. RobinThomas.com. 
Yeah. Okay, well, people, go to RobinThomas.com then. And so check him out. Check me out. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I'll talk to you guys next week. God bless you.